պաշտերոչը այս տարիքի համար որ մենք կարող ենք աստծո հետ հաղորդակցության մասին մտածենք Praise the Lord for this opportunity to learn more about what it means to fellowship with him This is a subject which I've been thinking about a great deal lately and in my opinion it's it's the most important subject that we can have if we want to ask someone about their spiritual state we often ask the question how is your own relationship your personal relationship with god I don't think there's any question that's more important than that question. How is your personal relationship with God? And last Sunday during my message, I talked about how we can ask ourselves different questions in order to assess our relationship with God. And we only discussed one specific question here last Sunday. And the question we were discussing last week was, do we have a two-way relationship with God, or is it just a one-way relationship? I won't speak about that anymore today because we went into it in quite a lot of detail last week. And today I'm going to raise two more questions uh, in relation to the question of how our personal relationship is with God. And the second question we're going to ask is, is our relationship with God one of light? Is it something that is direct? Is it something that's alive? Or is it a relationship shrouded in darkness? I think uh, it's, it's not shining, it's not bright. It's not open, it's not transparent, it's not direct. In First John chapter 1 verse 5 it says God is light and there is no darkness in him whatsoever. And do you know what John means when he says this? I think it means if someone has a relationship with God there should be nothing hidden between him and God everything should be out in the open everything should be out in the light because it follows in verse 7 saying we should follow him in the light we should walk in the light this means we should have a very open very direct relationship with God it's something that's extremely important last week I told you about a couple 
who uh, came to me and each was, was talking about the other with the highest of praise. But they decided to get divorced nonetheless. What was the reason? Each had carried out his responsibilities or her responsibilities as husband or wife excellently. But because they were so busy carrying out their responsibilities, they hadn't found time to communicate with each other. They'd carried out the daily tasks of life and marriage well. But the problem lay in their relationship. We see lots of couples today where there's a husband and there's a wife in the relationship, but they're not best friends. They don't share that intimacy in relationship. A woman came to me last last week uh, after something I'd shared and said, I can't think of anything to say to my husband. And we only talk about the most basic, simple things. For example, we say, will you bring me a cup of tea or won't you? What time is it? Who's phoned me? Where do we have to go now? And I can't think of anything else to say to him. Because we're just not on the same wavelength mentally. And our hearts are not one together. And if we ever need to discuss anything that's really serious, we just end up fighting. So I think it's preferable that we just stay silent in the house. And this really caused a lot of pain to this lady. We drove all the way from London to Glasgow and during that whole journey which lasts several hours we only spoke together for a maximum of maybe 10 minutes. And this really causes me pain, this lady said. And I think a lot of people have this problem in their relationships. But I know someone else as well. You also know him. I'll say I'll tell you later who it was. This person, this specific person, if he didn't spend at least two hours a day speaking with his wife, he'd consider himself a failure. He was a very busy man. Uh, it's, it's about Brother Edward himself. He, he's a very busy. He's very busy, but uh, he's put it as a principle to spend at least two hours a day communicating with his wife. And somehow, even though I'm incredibly busy, I managed to find those two hours in every day. 
because that's where the secret lies that we can properly communicate with each other to have two-way communication to really empty our hearts to empty what's in our mind to tell each other about what's causing us pain to tell each other about what's making us happy to tell us what we enjoy doing to tell us what we want to complain about and get off our chests to, to tell each other our expectations to tell each other our purposes and desires to tell each other about about the blessings we experience and as they say in Armenia to share with each other to share our hearts and this is a real secret to make sure that the relationships within families remain close and intimate and it really surprises me when I, when I learn that certain families don't have that type of intimacy in relationship and I think, my personal opinion is that the main reason that we see so many couples separating is this lack of communication. <laughs> if we want to stay close and not separate from God in our relationship with Him, then we need to have an open relationship with Him. It has to be exposed in the light. There should be no darkness in any way limiting the relationship between myself and God. Nothing should be concealed from Him. Nothing should be held in secret and hidden from Him. We should be able to communicate with Him in a relaxed, open way. And the Bible teaches us that when God created man, Adam and Eve had a very open, very intimate relationship with God. But because of sin, the relationship was jeopardized. But praise God that through Jesus Christ, we can return to the former state that Adam enjoyed with, with God, which was a relationship of closeness and intimacy. We know from the Old Testament that becoming close to God and coming close to God was not something that was done easily. And I'm sure you know that there was a special place in the temple in the Old Testament called the Holy of Holies which was an extremely holy place. And only once a year, only the high priest, could, could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies with fear and trembling. And there he could make a sacrifice to God. To intercede for his sins and for the sins of the people. And he entered the Holy of Holies with great difficulty, with great awe. He had to be well prepared before he entered. And 
փորի վրա որ եթե հանկարծ ուտեղ աստուն երկաուչունը սրկություն իրան սպանում է մեկ չեր կարող ներս մտնել ընդեղ պետք է չվանով իրան դուրս քաշին վարակույրի տեսքով the holiness of god in the holy of holies was so powerful that the high priest used to tie a, a chain around his waist so that if somehow because of the holiness of god and the presence of his holiness he would fall dead someone from outside could pull him out of the holy of holies եւ իր այդ հակուստները զանգակներ ուներ որ երբ որ պատարակ կատարում էր այդի ցայն էր հանում սրանք լսում էին տեսնի երբ որ այդ զանգակների ցայնը կտրվում էր իմ անում էին արդեն այդի մեռել անդեղ and the special bells were attached to the high priest costume so that people outside the holy of holies could hear him walking around if the bell stopped then they would realize that he had he had he would fallen dead and they would pull him out no one else could enter the holy of holies only one person and even for that one person it was extremely difficult to enter all the other priests would stay on the other side of the curtain of the holy of holies and the people of israel who were not priests would have to wait outside the temple itself and other categories of people including women weren't even allowed to stand in the temple courts they had to stay away completely from the temple area Can you see how difficult it was to come close to God during Old Testament times? Because God is holy. And man is sinful. And there's separation between the two. But what does the Bible teach us? When Jesus declared on the cross that it is finished. It says that the, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And the curtain separating us from the Holy of Holies has been opened. And each and every one of us can enter the Holy of Holies having been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews 10:10 it says Because of the blood of Jesus we can enter the presence of God with boldness. And praise God for that privilege. Which the Lord has given us. Now we don't need to go to great lengths to come and meet with God. All we have to do is have our direct open relationship with God. If you'd like to meet any of the senior government officials of this country, can you have a meeting with them? If you want to meet anyone from the government first I'll tell you meet with a junior official. And if that person can't help you then they'll be transferred to the head of his department. And then maybe to someone in more seniority. And with great difficulty it'll go up the system. But with God having a relationship it's a direct open relationship that's been given to us through his son Jesus Christ. And that's a huge privilege and honor which God has given us. And if we really understand what this means we won't rely on other human beings so much. All we'll do is rely on God. 
Once upon a time, Billy Graham was traveling by airplane. And there was a drunk man in the plane with him. And he was disturbing the other passengers. And disturbing the, the uh, cabin attendants as well. And the the steward the stewardess said to him, Well, if you if you want to disgrace yourself in front of us, fine, but aren't you embarrassed to disgrace yourself in front of Billy Graham? And the drunk person said, Billy Graham's here. They said, Yes. Where is he? He's sitting over there. And Billy Graham says the drunk person came and hugged him in the drunken state. And said, Dr. Graham, I am your closest, most avid follower. I love your preaching. Your preaching has really made an impact on my life. Billy Graham said, I was really quite disappointed. (laughs) And I thought, well, if I've really influenced him, this is what's happened. What if I hadn't influenced him, what would he have become? We had the same situation in Iran. One of the preachers uh, brought someone and and kept them uh, as a guest in their house. And uh, he was also a drunkard. And this preacher kept him in his house for six months so that this person might be freed from his addiction to alcohol. For six months, that person didn't touch alcohol. But he didn't enter into a direct relationship with God himself. He was enjoying the, the love of the, of the preacher whose, home, whose house he was staying in. So when the six months were up, one day he left. And in that one day, he more than made up for the fact that he hadn't drunk for six months. And he got really, really drunk. And he got involved in a fight. And he was, after this fight, he was covered in blood. He'd been completely beaten up. And the people who beat him up just threw him at the doors of the, of the preacher. <coughs> and they, they rang the, the doorbell of the preacher and they mocked, saying, Come and come and look at the body of the person who you've turned into a Christian. See what's happened to him. Do you know what the preacher said? He said, you're absolutely right. The person that I have turned into a Christian, you, you can't expect much from. But the person who has directly met with Jesus, he won't be like this. And our need today is for, for this. To have a direct meeting with Jesus. To have a direct meeting with God. And to enter into a relationship of light with Him. If you have a DVD player in your house. That plays films in French for example. And let's assume you don't understand French. You 
You'd want to have the translation to that film, wouldn't you? Because otherwise you wouldn't understand anything. But if you really understood French well, then you wouldn't want to read the subtitles, would you? Because the subtitles, even if they're translated extremely well, they can never be as good as the original language. If I could read and understand ancient Greek, I'd always read the New Testament in Greek. Now, when we have a direct relationship with God, He's speaking to us in His original language, with His original voice. And religion is when the message of God is taken and, and translated, transcribed. And praise God that through him, through Jesus, we don't need to have a translation. We don't need subtitles. We can have a direct relationship with the original language and original voice of God. If you ask me, Brother Edward, what is your greatest desire? As a pastor, what is your greatest desire? I would say the following. My greatest desire is this. That the people whom I serve in the church, for example, you here or the Iranian people or people in different fellowships that I visit, my greatest desire is that I take your hand and I place it in the hand of God. And then I withdraw. And I say, here you are, here's God. <laughs> Enjoy each other. Enjoy a direct relationship with each other. And when that hand becomes weak, then I, I can come in and really strengthen that hand and do my best to encourage it. Uh, a few weeks ago was the wedding anniversary of Michael and Rosita. And we were there celebrating. And we watched the video from their wedding day. And they asked me, which was your favorite bit of the wedding? And I said, the best bit was when I took Rosita's hand and I placed it in Michael's hand. That was the best part. And I was quite emotional at that point. And that is the desire of every parent. Some parents, some parents take the hand of the child and put it in the hand of the of the groom, but at the same time they're going to take it back. They won't let the hand remain secure in with the husband. What's our desire as leaders of this church? Our desire is to have you join and become one with Jesus. That you might be able to say, I have a direct, alive relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. And nothing, nothing stands in our way. There's no secrets amongst us.
Nothing is concealed between us. And everything is open in the light. That's a beautiful relationship. Several years ago, there was a member of the church who, who wasn't, a, wasn't a great member. But was quite a cunning person. He was living in sin. And when I went up to him to try and help, he had, he had the ability to present his life in, with, such a, with, such a, with such beautiful words and in such a wonderful way that at the end I, I had to, you know, felt like I should apologize. He had the gift of the gab. And he would always defend his actions and justify his actions. But I knew that he wasn't in a direct relationship with God. And my spirit wasn't one with his spirit. At the beginning it was fine. But then he fell. I was praying for him. A few years later I saw him in Germany. I didn't recognize him at first. Because he changed so much for the better. When I looked at his face, I saw that his face was shining. He was living with God. And he was living in the light with God. I asked him, before I asked if I had a chance to ask him he came and he hugged me and he apologized for everything that happened in the past I said what caused you to, to come and understand what you were doing wrong and he said, Brother Edward, I looked at my life and I saw that God had allowed me to go through some difficulties. And I looked at my life and I looked back and I, and I, and I found when, when the last time was that I'd received an answer to one of my prayers. And I couldn't even remember when was the last time one of my prayers was answered. Because it was so long ago. And that really upset me. And I said, Lord, at one point in my life, I would just give a short prayer. I'd make a short prayer and you would immediately answer. What happened? What went wrong? That now you don't answer my prayers at all. What happened that, to, to really break our relationship? And I was so broken before God. And I said, God, I prefer to be dead than to pray to you and not receive an answer. And because of that, he repented. Now, how important is our relationship with God? Are we willing to let go of all the things which restrict our relationship with Him so that we can enjoy a direct living relationship with Him? Allow me to ask you another question. 
In our relationship with God, are we in love with Him or is it something that's dry? What do you think is the greatest commandment of the Bible? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. It's the greatest commandment of the Bible. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus tells us that the whole Bible can be summarized of those two verses. So God tells us that uh, in the Bible God is love. And our relationship with God is built on love. And the main commandment, the main condition that Jesus has put on our relationship with him is that we should love him above all others. Doesn't that surprise you? In Matthew chapter 10 verse 34 It says if anyone loves his mother, father, brother, sister, uh, child any more than he loves me then he is not worthy to be called my disciple. And these words really have an impact on me. Do I really love Jesus more than any other? Sometimes I, I think to myself, if I was to give a really honest answer, what would I say? Is our relationship with God one of such love? Sometimes we get we get surprised that God should expect such a thing from us. We like the fact that God loves us a lot. We say, Lord, love me, cherish me, help me. Keep and protect everything that I have. Don't get angry at me. Be gentle with me. Don't punish me, Lord God. Help me so that everything goes well in my life. And we like to ask for lots of things from God. But God asks us, how much do you love me? How much do you give me attention? How much do you care for me? How much time do you give me? How much importance and value do I have in your life? Jesus asked Peter this question three times. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these others? 
Do you love me more than your boat, your work, your fish, your possessions, your family? Do you love me above all these things? And when Peter said, yes, Lord, I do. Jesus said, if that's true, then go and feed my lambs. Jesus knows that if love is not the defining factor in our relationship with him, our relationship with him is going to be very dry indeed. It will be cold and dull. The only thing that can really motivate our hearts and warm our hearts is the love of Jesus. The only thing that can fill the emptiness that we feel inside is the love of God. Without the love of God, life is empty indeed. The love of God gives our life meaning, gives our life flavor, it gives our life enjoyment. And it's the love of God that helps us get through difficulties victoriously. The power of the love of God helps us to overcome all kinds of things we come against in life. Love is a powerful thing. Solomon, in all his wisdom, says love is as powerful as death. Why does he equate love with death? Why? What does love have to do with death? What do love and death have in common? Because nothing can stop death occurring in the same way nothing can stop love acting. In that sense, love is as powerful as death. And we need to understand how much do we love God. And are we in love with Him? How much do we express our love to God? If we look at our prayers, mainly their requests. And it's our needs we're constantly presenting. But how much do we come to God with a prayer of love for Him? The Lord wants to change our relationship in this way. Because He wants us to fall in love with God of all of our hearts. And He wants us to think about this this evening. And ask ourselves, Lord, why can't I love you the way that you want me to love you? One of the sisters in our fellowship said, once when God showed me his love, I cried the whole night just out of love for him. Because I felt his love inside me. And I didn't want anything else at all apart from his love. 
We can fall in love with God. And we should be in love with God. So that He is all the time in our minds. I asked the little child, Do you love God? Do you love Jesus? He said, Yes, I love Him a lot. I said, Why do you love Him? And I'll never forget His answer. It was a great answer. And I want to show you that this is what it means to be in love with God. This is what it means to be in love. He says, in the morning when I wake up early, Jesus gets up with me. When I go to wash my face, Jesus is also there with me washing. When I come and drink my tea in the morning and eat my breakfast, Jesus is right there with me and we're having breakfast together. I take my books to go to school and Jesus takes his books and helps me with my books and we go together to school. And in the classroom he's with me. And during the break time we're together. We play together. We talk to each other. And when the school day ends, I hold Jesus' hand and we go home together. And I'm with him all the time. And then when I lie down to sleep, he's there sleeping with me. How can I not love him? Because I'm so close to him all the time. A lot of us are cut off from a relationship like that. I don't know when you're driving your car in the traffic jams of London, who you're thinking about. I've seen people who are so in love that they lose their way when they're driving. They wanted to go somewhere, they ended up going somewhere else because their mind was on the person they loved. Their dreams were something else. Their imagination was on something else. And with God it's the same, is it? Or is it not? Human love will come and it will pass. But the love of God is eternal and unchanging. We need to touch that love and experience that love. We need to train ourselves to be in love with God. And as I close, I want to say this. There, each of us has this danger in our life. Just as it was a danger for the church in Ephesus. Jesus says, I've, I've seen many good things. You have carried out all your duties well. You have kept the faith. You have been patient in persecution. You have been faithful to me. You haven't betrayed me. You're good people. But I have this. I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. You don't have the first love that you used to have towards me. And Jesus has searched yourself, why do you not love me like you used to love me? Jesus is asking us the same question. Do you love me like you used to love me?
Do you fall asleep thinking of my love? When you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, who do you think about? When you wake up in the morning and open your eyes, am I the first thing you remember? When you're driving your car, when you're driving your car or doing your chores, who do you think about? Do you think about me? And this is what we need. And if we don't experience this love, if we don't experience this love, it will just run dry. Everything will run dry. Love is like a garden. Love is like this flower pot. If I don't take care of it, if I don't water it, if I don't fertilize it, and if I don't prune it, and if I don't pay attention to it, the garden will just become weeds. It's the same with love. We need to work on our love. Otherwise, we'll remain believers. We'll come and go. We'll carry out our duties. But it will all be dry. Cold. Boring. And the, the Christian life will just spread out in front of us in misery. Whenever I go and have meetings with, with brothers and sisters from Iran who are being persecuted, I'm ashamed of myself. Tomorrow I'm going to meet people like that again. Please pray for me. Because when I see them, I, I go with the expectation of helping them, but they help me more than I help them. They consider me to be their leader. And I'm glad to be their leader. But when I see their relationship with God, I see that they are truly in love with Him. They're so in love with God when yes, they speak to him. And when they pray, I open my eyes sometimes and look at them. And I say, Lord, help me to love you the way that they love you. Because they love you like this in the middle of persecution. How many of them have left their wills to me? And they've shown me what they've written and have and have written how much they love God. They've written in their eulogies that Jesus, I'm ready to die for you. And they've written certain personal things. One of, uh, one of the leaders of the church had been beaten so much and persecuted so much that he was close to death. Father Malcolm knows him. And the doctors just managed to save him from death. And I said, this man, there's no way he'll carry on his ministry. 
But he stood firm and he's carrying on because he's so in love with Jesus. When I see people like that, I realize that it's possible to be so in love with God. I want us to pray for this. The Bible says that the love of God through the Holy Spirit has been lavished upon us. And let us pray that the Holy Spirit would lavish the love of God on us today. And now as we're about to take communion together, let's pray and say, God, I want that love to enter my heart. That I might be completely in love with you. Let us pray for a few moments in silence, each one of us. <laughs> 